think that we probably need to jump into the, mm -hmm. the gifts. Yep. Y'all ready for that? Yes. Oh, wow. So I'm going to use a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> the world, do you remember when, the, when they came to Jesus and, and they said the Greeks were saying we would see Jesus? We want to see Jesus, right? The world is still looking for that Jesus. The question is, what are they seeing in the body of Christ? Because Jesus is revealed in the body, right? So, now I haven't had time to go through this this morning. I just, I'm hoping that this slide bridge presentation, is just what I'm trying to do. But we would see Jesus, the world says, but this is pretty much the picture that the church often gives of mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's kind of a messed up, distorted picture, yeah. right? So, how do they get a clear picture of Jesus? Here's the simply Jesus vision. Now, I'm going to start with a list here, but we're going to go into two, four different lists in th three different passages. So, uh, this list is the equipping gifts. This is in Ephesians, but. Apostle, it's sent by the Father, prophet, speaking the word of God. Evangelist, bringing the good news of the kingdom. Pastor, showing the love of the Father. And teacher, personifying the very truth that sets us free. All of those four things are, <clears throat> those are how the church is to be equipped. Don't look for yourself in this. This is, these really show us tracks of discipleship that all of us should be on. If you're growing in these five areas, then you're growing into the fullness of Jesus. So there's no way that any one person, part of the problem is within our church structures, we often lean to one person. That one person is trying to accomplish all five of those. And it's, it's not meant to be that way. It should be a multiplicity of equippers that are, that's the reason I don't, I don't preach here every Sunday. We, on purpose, I've always loaded if somebody's not able to go, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. But we purposefully have different people up teaching and training so that we can reflect this fivefold ministry. When you have that, what you have, <clears throat> I used to work in a printing press in college. My, it was my first job in college. And it was back in the old-time printing press where you did a four-color separation. That's five different colors. That's the way it works with this because you've got five different things. But in a, in a, if you wanted to have a full-color picture, you run it through the machine four times. We still have that in printers today. You've got your black and white, your black ink, and then you have your colored ink, right? What that does is it mixes all of those colors together and you get a full-color picture. So... In the past, what you do is you take a photo or a piece of art and do a photo from that that does a four-color separation. And then from those prints, each one of them are a little bit different. And, and uh, this is not completely accurate, but you know it's got magenta and yellow. And, and, um, if, if you've just got one of those, do you have a picture of Jesus? No. Well, it is a picture yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, but it's, it's just not the full picture of Jesus. Yeah. It's good because it's Jesus, but it's not the and, full picture of Jesus. And typically, if 
like this year, you've just superimposed color on top of the picture, whereas normally it's just a sliver of yellow to, to highlight the one thing. Not, That's right. So, so it's like, it's, you would never have a complete picture like that superimposed by all those colors. Yeah. Yeah. So recognize that you can actually use the same kind of philosophy in each of the gifts, the list of gifts, because it talks about the body of Christ in each of the passages that we're going to look at. Just recognize that we need each other to have the full picture of Jesus. Now we're not seeing ourselves as conflicting, we're seeing ourselves as complementing. Because I can't bring the full picture in any of those lists without the rest of the body. Okay? You got the concept? Yeah. Lord Jesus, I hope this is the right um, right PowerPoint. Okay. Yeah, let's go with this. One of these is you. You want to find yourself in this list. It's motivational gifts in Romans chapter 12. One of these is you. <clears throat> so let's turn to Romans chapter 12. There, there are three different lists. There's one in Romans, one in 1 Corinthians, and one in, one in Ephesians. So we're going to start with motivational gifts. So you're going to get two lists right here. We started with the, with Ephesians uh, chapter 4 on the equipping gifts, but motivational gifts are found in chapter 12. And every person is unique. We have one basic reason of why we respond to situations, and it's based out of the motivations of our heart. So each one of you are clearly motivated by one of these gifts. I believe these gifts are given to you at birth, uh, uh, in the mother's womb, they're given to you in your mother's womb, and when you, you're born again, it gets really activated. But you can find people in the lost in the world. In fact, I could take this and and do this in a secular corporation and help them to walk together better as a team, because there are seven motivations that God has put into man from the beginning of time. Right? So I believe each one of us have one of those seven motivations. So let's look at Romans 12. So let's look at Romans 12. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are you doing, babe? Romans 12. So, yeah, it starts out with that. By the way, Romans is one of the greatest books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. If I was going to encourage mm-hmm. you to memorize from the Bible, I would encourage you to memorize the whole chapter of Romans 8. Yeah. Uh, a Lutheran church father said <clears throat> hundreds of years ago that if the Bible was a jeweled ring, Romans would be the stone on the, on the ring. And Romans 8 would be the sparkle on the stones. Yeah. So memorize Romans 8 and say it to yourself every morning. Mm-hmm. Romans 8 and Ephesians 1, those are two key chapters. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and personalize Ephesians 1. In fact, if you'll remind me, I'll send you something I've developed that has uh, blanks uh, for all the pronouns and, and uh, uh, name in um 
in all, all the pronouns in Ephesians 1 so that you can say it about yourself and look in the mirror and read it. Ephesians 1 is a good one to go through. <coughs> There's not a bad passage in the Bible. And the book that I like the most is the one that I'm studying currently. So that's just the way that goes for me. But I love the Word of God. So let's look now, drop on down to verse 3. So this is the beginning of the list of the, um, of the motivational gifts. Motivational because this answers the question of why we think or feel or do things in, in, in life. So someone will read for us starting verse 3. Stop at verse 8. For by the grace given me, I give it. Oh, sorry. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that the faith God has distributed to each of you. So hang on a second. To each of you, do you hear the one that He has given to each one of them? Mm -hmm. Now, as 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 you read. Look at the, the, you're going to see one body come up several times. This is a picture of everybody has a different gift, and we're all part of one body. All right, go ahead first. For just as each of us have one body, has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function. So in Christ, we, though may many, form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. Okay, stop. So do you get the picture? We each have a different gift, and it's meant to function as a body. You, you, you will find that you can't say, body can't say, um, uh, I don't need you. We'll look at that later, but here comes the list, the list of seven gifts. All right, read those, please. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. All right, that's great. I want you to know that I've spent 45 years trying to understand this passage and teach this passage. So I've been doing, I've been teaching this passage for over 40 years and it has given me the most keen insight into mm. individuals mm. some people will say you got you, you that's really creepy that you knew that about me and i go it's really not i cheat <laughs> got scripture that's helping me yeah. and insight into the scripture that helps me understand the very basic motivation of anybody i'm talking to so I now know, if I know your motivation, I know how to, to uh, speak your language. I can talk to you the way that you understand. And here's what we end up doing. In our different gifts, we look for ourselves and others. So we communicate with others the way we want to be communicated with. And we think that everybody else makes that same kind of communication. Why don't they? Well, it's because we don't understand ourselves, first of all. And then we don't understand anybody else. Does that make sense? So the goal is to find yourself in one of these seven. By the end of this morning, you're going to have a hint towards this. Have y'all ever taken a gifts assessment? No. All right. Well, there are gifts assessments on 
motivational gift. And I'll just tell you, as much as I know about this, I still get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got it wrong with my, my wife, Debbie. I'd, I'd already been, been swimming in this for five years when we met. And uh, I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to do my thing with her and understand where she's coming from. And, uh, and I had her pegged as a servant. You know why? Because all she'd do was serve people. She served everybody. And I'm going, man, I've never seen anybody serve like Debbie serves. She just gets in there, does it, behind the scenes, doesn't care for recognition. Everything was telltale servant. And so I approached her from that servant thing. Servants are tend to be more task oriented. They they care not task oriented, but task emphasis. They'll see a task that needs to be done, and wonder why nobody else is doing it. It's because they don't see it. It's like the boy whose mom said, "Johnny, get that that laundry and take it upstairs to your room." I've got it all folded for you. Yes, ma'am. And he goes upstairs and forgets the laundry. He goes, Johnny, you forgot. Oh, I'll get it next time. Next time, forget it again. So she then just puts the laundry on the steps. What does Johnny do? Still forgets. Steps over it. Steps over it and goes up to the room. Didn't you see it? No, he didn't. He didn't see it. He was oblivious to it. And this is the way it happens with servants. And servants in church can often get burned out and frustrated because they think everybody should be seeing what needs to be done and nobody does it. And I'm always the one that gets stuck with the task. They can do it for a while, but do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm approaching Debbie from that standpoint. And then I realize I'm missing the mark. She's not responding in the way that I... That, my language was, you know, this is 40 years ago. And so, what else could it be? Well, it's giving. When we got married, I didn't even have a job. I was working for a ministry in the streets. I'd just been in seminary. I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we, we did our honeymoon in a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you go to... Uh, vacation spot and then they take you through a timeshare timeshare we got a a free timeshare but I had to listen to spill (laughs) and um, this professional basketball player did a professional job of trying to sell me a piece of property I mean I told Debbie it was the first day after we got married I said don't tell him that we just got married and don't tell him that I don't have a job (laughs) and we got in there he goes so how long y'all been married and I went hmm we were married yesterday. He goes, okay, well, so what do you do? And I go, mm, I'm a minister, just finished seminary, and I don't have a job. He said, yeah, you got savings? I said, nope. He goes, I think I've got a property for you. And he almost sold me a piece of property. <laughs> he enticed me into it. He baited me well. And uh, the only thing that stopped him was I said, I've got to call, make one phone call, talk to my dad, because I'm going to run it by him. I get wisdom from my dad. Mm-hmm. And he said, you make one phone call, the deal's off. And I said, oh, wow. you kidding? I want that property. It's going to be valuable one day. And uh, I said, no. And uh, he said, deal's off, but you can have the, have the uh, timeshare for the rest of the week. 
So we enjoyed the time share for an hour listening to the sales pitch, and we got it for free, but I didn't buy the property. I almost bought property and didn't have any money. We didn't have anything, and Debbie was giving what we didn't have away. So if she saw somebody in need, she was going to give. She would just she was giving, giving. I thought, well, it's giving. And finally, I realized it wasn't giving. I said, baby, why do you serve and why do you give? And here she said, because that's what God wants. And I went, whoa, she stomped her foot. And, and it just sent all the alarms off in me. I went, you're prophetically motivated. Prophetic people see things black and white. There is no gray. Well, if it's gray, it's very gray. Don't try to convince me it's black or white. And they can stomp their foot when they see something. Have you ever seen people make a quick judgment call and they go, that's not right, this is the way. And other people are going, how did you get to that conclusion? It's going to take me a while to get there. Prophetic people can get frustrated with those that process longer because they get an inclination really quickly. Whereas a teacher, when they see truth, they see truth as this. This is truth. The prophet wants to go, this is truth. The teacher can be strong that way, but they have had to go through the process of seeing every angle of truth. Can you see where the potential conflict can come? Wouldn't it be cool if you knew what your motivational guests were in this group? Mm -hmm. If you knew who you were and you knew who the others were. And it's going to be shaped a little bit differently because each one of you have your own story. And your responses to the environments that you've grown up in have been a part of what shaped you into who you are today. So someone with a motivational gift that's the same as somebody else is going to look a little bit different because even your family makes you cross-cultural. People from the same culture married together have cross-cultural marriage. Uh, I can get it wrong. But at some point, I'm going to get it right. And more importantly, you're going to get it right. You're going to find out who you are. So it may take a journey getting there. So get your inclinations, what you think you are, and then keep working on it till you discern whether it's really that or not. And then you'll understand yourself better. And then you can say, that's the way I am. I'm wondering what this person This is another Easter egg hunt. You're trying to understand your fellow missionaries. You're even trying to understand the lost person. Mm -hmm. You can speak their language because they're looking for themselves in you. Mm -hmm. Paul says, I became all things to all people. Right? And I can imagine him having a question before the Lord. What does this look like? And the Lord just giving him a download. Here are seven types of people that you've encountered. I made them that way so that they would be different parts of the body. Make them unique. Find that person, find that gift in each person that you come in contact with. And you'll find the most important question in that person's life in understanding them. And that's why. Why they think the way they do, why they feel the way they do, and why they respond and act the way they do. If you can understand that God made them that way, then you can go, 
I'm not going to try to change that. Now I need to understand how to work with that. Right? So if you find yourself in these these seven gifts, we're going to come back and camp on the, the seven gifts in just a few minutes, but I want you to see the full picture. Because if you don't understand that these lists are different and have a different purpose, then you might get confused and try to find yourself in the second list. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Yes. I just read this this morning. Thank you did. Yeah. Ephesians is down to hundred point nine. Um, so Ephesians chapter four. Remember, you're going to see the body of Christ in each one of these. No, let's start in verse seven. Somebody read the start in verse seven. <clears throat> so this is talking about his. I believe his death on the cross where he descended into um, to Sheol. Not the, the, the end-time hell, but into Sheol. <coughs> the place of the dead. But he came back and he gave, he might fill, fill all things. So, verse 11. Let me just read this one. Verse 11. And he personally gave some to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. So this is not everybody getting this gift. He, so in the first list, we're seeing that these, this is who we are. This is a gift given to you. But in this, they, these are people given to the church. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. These are special equippers given to the church. And so each one of them equip the church to do the work that they are gifted to equip you in. Mm-hmm. What is the list? It's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, uh, the shepherd, and the teacher. <clears throat> Let's read further. So he gave those gifts, verse 12, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry. Not so that those would do the ministry, but that they would train all saints. Every person should be equipped by all five of those gifts. So you need to find somebody, if you haven't been equipped in one of those areas, you need to find someone that is uh, an equipper or find a ministry that equips in that so that you can... Oh, God, my phone is blowing up. It's not Debbie. So... I'll just turn that off and keep an eye on it. <coughs> so what I want you to see in here is a, a greater picture that this is not just about people that are given to the church, but it's actually tracks of discipleship that each of us should be on. Mm-hmm. If you have not been trained in one of those, you have no excuse. Every one of us. Every person in the body of Christ should be being trained in those five areas. If you don't, you're going to have a fuzzy, one-shaped Jesus that you're presenting. And we're meant to show the full picture of Jesus, but with an emphasis coming from different ones across the body. All of us should be trained in that so that we reflect the full picture of Jesus, but recognizing that in who we are in who in Romans 12, none of us can adequately show that full picture 
without each other. So the each other in chapter 4 of Ephesians is that we need all five of those gifts. Have you been in a church? You walked into a church and you get in there and you see that everybody's got a notebook mm-hmm. or they've got a, 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 a some kind of iPad or something. They're taking notes. Mm-hmm. You've been in a church like that and everybody's sitting there listening and taking notes. Nine times out of ten, you've got a pastor that is a teacher. Mm-hmm. So the church gets the emphasis of teaching. Mm-hmm. Truth. In fact, there's some churches that have gotten so strong in that that they created whole denominations around it, and the whole denomination is just about truth and correctly expositing the Word of God. Don't look for a nice cuddle from those people as you walk in the room, because they're about truth. Kim, you've walked into the church before, and you're met at the door about people going, Hey, how you doing? Huh? Is this your first time? We're so glad you're here. <laughs> I just want to hug you and tell me about yourself. And, and they're just all into your business the first day. And you just feel so loved. Yeah. That's probably a church that's led by a pastor that is a pastor equipper. Have you been to the church where they... They, uh, they tell you all the outreaches that they've got going on so that you can go out and share the gospel everywhere. Yes. They've got all kind of evangelism training. And every sermon, it's about somebody coming to know Jesus. Yeah. That's probably a pastor that's an evangelist equipper. Uh, apostolic, well, you're in one here. We're doing stuff all around the world. And as much as I try to not be the singular influence in here. And I think that we do have a good balance. We have prophetic, pastoral teaching. Um, um, yeah. What did I miss? All of it, the whole fivefold. Yeah, we have the whole fivefold happening, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are smiling. You like it, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's beautiful. It pushes it's, boundaries for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody gets stretched. But you find yourself in the seven and you get trained in the five. Yeah. These are tracks yeah. for discipleship. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 keep on reading here. Oh no, the prophet. I didn't tell you about the prophet. The prophetic church. That's the one that doesn't have many people in it. <laughs> because every Sunday they shear the sheep. Yeah. There's pronin happening. <laughs> There's I love the story. This uh, this old, older uh, pastor with with his wife, and they were they went into they were on a break, and they went into this this massive church building, and it was packed full of people, and they're sitting right in the middle of it, and he's just looking around, older pastor, and he goes, "I can't believe this. Look at how many people are here." This is just crazy. This place is packed out. Can you imagine getting to preach to this many people every Sunday? And she looked at him with very much pride. And she said, yeah, honey, but if you were pastoring here, it wouldn't be hardly anywhere near as many. Hmm. (laughs) Because prophetic people can sound like they're critical and negative, 
But God, especially in these days, anybody that receives a prophet receives a prophet's reward. <coughs> Sheesh. And if you, if, the problem is the church has not known how to receive a prophet, and we've done such a good job of rejecting the prophet yeah. that the prophet comes into the church with a spirit of rejection on them, and they're ready to throw down and kick the dust off their feet before they even say the first word because yeah. they know they're going to get rejected. Yeah. And the church is now void of prophetic voices because we don't know how to accept the prophetic gift. Prophetic people come to me often and they go, you know, I don't really last long anywhere. And I go, you probably found your home. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because this is a place that values the prophetic voice. Yeah. Mm. Prophets and teachers in the motivational gifts are concerned about what God has got to say about it. Yeah. Mercy and exhortation tend to be those that are more motivated by what people are feeling. Mm. So they understand God's voice by what other people expressing um, and then the other three are more task emphasis and um, so Chris Valentin is more of a prop prophetic emphasis now Bill Johnson used the prophetic gift if you look at all four of these lists you're going to find prophecy in it prophets in it yeah. mm -hmm. but they're different one is who you are one is how you're being trained and we'll look at the other two in there. all right let's keep on reading some, uh, so look at verse 13 now. Verse 12 says, For the training of the saints to work for the, in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Here you got body, body of Christ. 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. All right. We could, all of this is good, but I'll read the whole chapter if we don't watch it. <coughs> the point is this. People go from one place to the other because they see truth and they see Jesus in these one places or the other. So we don't have anybody that's really committing themselves to a local fellowship where they're actually walking it out. And by local fellowship, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about people. <clears throat> the truth of walking with people ha happens in small group. The big room is, for a, is a big funnel in which people can come into to be dispersed into small groups mm -hmm. where you experience walking with each other. But it needs to, there needs to be a base of operations from which you, you work. And I'm not talking about an institution. I'm talking about people. Mm -hmm. So um, I, could, I, I could teach on each list of these for a whole day. I'm not going to do it. I want to get the broad picture and go back to motivational gifts. And we're almost at, we're beyond our 11 o'clock time. Go ahead. So... We're one of the seven, but we're all of the five. No, we're all one of the seven, but we should be on five different tracks of discipleship. See mm -hmm. it that way. I'm not following. Okay, so if those five are meant to be equipping, I, I'm going to write a book about this. Okay, I will build my church. That's going to be the mm -hmm. title of it. And the uh, first thing it's going to say in the preface is, uh, <clears throat> oh no, another book about 
how to have a real New Testament church. No, it's about how to find the church in the church. Okay, so you can find it anywhere, but make sure you're looking for all five of those in the in the local church that you're 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 raised in. So just because you have one person preaches every Sunday doesn't mean that you've got uh, only that one gift operating in that church. You look for all five of those. If all five of those are to bring us all, equip us all, what is equipping? What? Training. Training is discipleship. It's discipleship. Training is discipleship for us to do the work of the ministry. These five are not the ones that are doing the ministry. And by the way, each one of them, I've got Jesus there because that was revealed to me. Jesus actually calls himself that in all five of those gifts. Isn't that wild? That's for another day. But that's the full picture of Jesus. That's an exhausted list. There are no more and no less. If you want to describe Jesus, if I was writing a book about Jesus, I'd have five chapters. Because it says that's the full picture of the full stature of Jesus. Right? That's what that passage says. So if that's the way that Jesus ministers, I want to be ministering the way that Jesus did it. So I want to be trained in all five of those areas. Mm -hmm. Now it's not about the person that's doing it. It's about the tracks that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And so we send teams all around the world. Our worship teams doing conferences all over the place. My goal is to equip them. I'm hoping to have this on the website, Mr. Intern, that possibly is going to be involved more and this uh, media yeah, I got uh, person. You. What you need? Here's what I need. <laughs> I need a link on our website mm-hmm. that has five modules. Okay. That that for for example, with teaching, I would connect. I would have in there the Bible Project is one of that. And I'd say, if you're going to study one of these books, then you need to go to the Bible Project and get the overview of it. Now you get the context of whatever it is you're studying. But I'd like to have five sections in that that link so that when our teams go out and they do an assessment, let's say they go say they go to a church and they go, wow, this is a teaching church, but they seem to be deficient in pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Now we can point them to a, a website uh, that would give them resources in the pastoral ministry so they can That's train so the church. cool. And then we can do this also not just with churches and ministries, but with individuals. And say, if you're not growing in this area, come click this link, go to one of these five modules, and you get the resources. Let's go. Isn't that exciting? Yes, let's do it. That's part of our destiny. It's what God's put in our heritage, and we're going to flow with it. It's going to get there. I have a clarifying question. Um, So... Out of the fivefold ministries, is each of us one of those, no. or is it five different methods of walking in discipleship? It's five different tracks, yeah. not methods. Okay. It's five different tracks of discipleship. Apostles will train you how to do new things and keep it simple. Mm-hmm. The, the early church was committed to the apostles' teachings, not to the teachers' teachings. Yeah. Why? Because the apostles kept it simple. They had relationship with Jesus. They said, this is what it was like. If it was a teacher, if if the church was uh, committed to the teacher's teaching, they would be looking at a systematic theology book that's about that big. 
You know, I've bought Calvin's Institutes. You know, I love, I love theology. I love systematic theology. But that is not what teaching, that's not what the church is about. They were committed yeah. to the apostles. So the apostle track would be how to start new things and keep it simple and keep it basic. Yeah. The, the prophet would be the one that's keeping it clean. We, you'll see it. I've got, you know, the, the picture I have of the church and the apostles are the, are the, are the ones that are uh, uh, laying the foundations with the prophets, mm-hmm. apostles and prophets. The teachers are the ones that are growing. The pastors are the ones that are covering. And the evangelists are the ones that are going out and bringing them back in. Yeah. And then the apostles and prophets go out again to do the new thing. But the, the ones that are committed to the local fellowship are the teachers, pastors, and and uh, evangelists. They're there most of the time. Okay. So it's five tracks, and all of them very different. Evangelist, an evangelist is not somebody that leads people to Jesus. It's someone that trains others to lead people to Jesus. A pastor is not somebody that cares for other people. It's someone that trains others to care for other people. So what you carry, you equip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each of those equip each other. So this is not a hierarchy that everybody's under. It's a support system that undergirds it. Yeah. And these are mutually submitted to one another. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is mind blowing. This isn't even half of it. (laughs) (laughs) He's just scraping the surface. I was never taught this at my church either. I wasn't either. Yeah, me neither. I don't think anyone was. This is a root to a lot of church people. I was. That's a good question, Dave. Heard of spiritual gifts for the most part until I came to YWAM. Um, and this is like one of the number one things I've wanted to learn about all these like eight, ten, four weeks. So appreciate it. Thank you, Jesus. Can I can I go again? Okay, so we're thinking we have a clear method of being church, of discipleship, of the picture of Jesus, and that we're ha- doing it right. And we're just trying to find the church that. Um, that is having our same perspective. Yes, that's right. Teacher churches attract teacher people. Yeah, we're just walking around finding people we can be um, unified in, in terms of like the way we perceive. So unity is never expressed through conformity. Unity is best expressed in diversity. And Mm. then we try to put people in boxes of you're this, you're that, you're in, you're out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's when the hurt comes in. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but what we have to do is see the difference and value it. Mm-hmm. Say, you're so different from me. You can even do it theologically. Mm-hmm. So I've had 50 pastors in this room mm-hmm. addressing city issues. I often say when I'm with pastors, y'all, we can have an argument. We're talking different ethnicities, different denominations, different backgrounds. And that's a prime place. These folks have given their lives. They believe in their theology so strongly. They went to a cemetery to, I mean, a seminary to get even 
that was intentional. And I have been to seminary and I value it. But we, we go to seminary to strengthen our position in our denomination. And I said, we can have a fight in here. So I'm going to ask a question. How many of you have the right theology? And there's always one person that does that. And everybody laughs because everybody knows that we're all wrong somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Right? So now our arguments... No, brother. I go straight for the Bible. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah you can hear here. I have no creed but the Bible. What's this? Anyway, yeah. our arguments become this. I know I'm wrong. If I knew where I was wrong, I would fix it. But the truth is, I know I'm wrong. It's just that my wrong is not as wrong as your wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Kiss that not Sad? Yeah, it's so, so sad. sad. So, I've had groups of pastors meeting together in different countries, and we've had this discussion. And in the same room, we've had charismatic and anti-charismatic that begin to relate to each other in the simplicity of Jesus, not in the basis. The church is built on the on the by the. It, it, the foundation is laid by the apostles and the prophets, Ephesians says. Yeah. That, that keeps it simple and keeps it clean. It's not based on the foundation of the teachers. Or else we, we'd be memorizing. Y'all, and the truth is this. If, if I met myself 10 years ago, I could have an argument. Yeah. 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 Me too. Anybody that is wise enough to write a book, once they have sent it to be printed, they wish that they could change the sentence. Yeah. Mm. And if, if if you wait for a year, they'd say, why did I even put that chapter in there? Mm. And maybe 10 years later, they go, dang, I can't believe I wrote that book. So how can we argue with each other when we can't even agree with ourselves? <laughs> right? Yeah. So why don't we agree with what is essential? And here's what's essential. There are things that we should divide over. One is the gospel of grace. Don't add anything to the gospel. Galatians chapter 1 says, anybody that adds anything to the gospel, Paul says, let him be accursed, anathematized. That means condemned to hell. And he says it twice. twice. And he says, even if it's an angel or any other, or even myself preaching another gospel other than a gospel of grace, let him be accursed. In fact, he said about the Judaizers uh, that, that were the circumcision party, he called it. He says, I wish they'd slip with the knife and cut off more than the foreskin so that they wouldn't reproduce. That's basically it. Don't add anything to the gospel. That's the reason it's essential. You see that repentance is turning to God first. The grace. The grace then enables you to turn from your idols. But we in the church won't accept people because they're, they are so entrenched in this, and we want them to hose off before they come get the shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So gospel of grace, that's worth fighting over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Second of all, a gospel of grace that gives license to sin. There's a ditch in every theology. Be careful of the ditches. So if Paul says in Romans, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? May that never be. He says it twice again. When he says it twice, he's really trying to emphasize something. So he actually says in one place, deliver such a one up to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his soul might be saved. Mm -hmm. It's all redempt, always redemptive. Correction is. There's a place of redemption in it if people respond. But if we are living, if our lifestyles are bringing a reproach to the gospel, that is worth dividing over. Satan's tactic is to discredit the messenger so that he can discredit the message. Yeah. Yeah. So those two points. There's a third reason to divide over, reject somebody. And that is, the Bible's very clear about this, reject a factious man once, twice, third time they're out. What's a fact factious man? It's a divisive person that is making the non-essentials the essential. He's saying, don't do that. 